This week on the Cameron Cowan Show, we're talking about the breakdown in Congress between certain members like Cori Bush and her Republican neighbor Marjorie Taylor Greene, and we're also going to dive into the meme stock um, that Reddit has pushed to a very high price and made a hedge fund go broke, and why this is fun for the news but bad for markets. And then we're going to circle back around <clears throat> and we're going to talk about the COVID relief bill um, and some other problems going on in Congress and the impeachment trial that is starting in just nine days. So it's an action-packed week. Hop in. This is the Cameron Journal Podcast. This is the Cameron Journal Podcast. It's a place where we talk about important things. It's a place where we bring a little slice of the news to you. It's a place where we do important things, have important conversations. It's also things that I like to talk about. My name is Cameron Cowan, and this is the Cameron Journal Podcast. This week on the Cameron Journal Podcast, there is a ton of news to talk about. It's a little absurd. I'm not going to lie. Um, it's a little crazy. It's a little crazy. Um, I want to start by talking... There's multiple things I want to talk... I want to touch on. Um, I want to touch on impeachment. I want to touch on the GameStop AMC thing. And I want to talk about the COVID relief bill. And we're also going to briefly talk about why things in Congress are extra weird right now. Now... Um, the reason why things in Congress are extra weird right now is because, <laughs> well, this kind of started with Cori Bush and Marjorie Taylor Greene. So Cori Bush is moving her office in the Cannon office building to a different office because her and her staff have been threatened by Marjorie Taylor Greene. Cori Bush is the first African-American congresswoman from Missouri. Marjorie Taylor Greene is from, where is she from exactly? I have the story here. She is from Georgia. And they uh, there's been over the last several weeks a lot of congressmen a lot of Republican Congress members who have participated in the threats of violence and death threats against Democratic Congress people. And that's kind of what the kerfuffle between Cory Bush and, and Green is. Green has called for her to denounce uh, radical Black Lives Matter protests, um, and that uh, because Cory Bush got her political start leading Black Lives Matters, Black Lives Matter, um, in twenty fourteen, and um, and Marjorie Taylor Greene is trying to get her to denounce BLM for threatening the weird couple that held guns in front of their house. Um, this then led me down kind of a little bit of a rabbit hole to this article from Vanity Fair. And Cori Bush and her staff have a right to feel safe in their own place of work. I mean, that makes common sense, yeah? Um, and that, you know, that of course is, you know, is what it is. And, and Marjorie Green, even though she might want Representative Bush to, you know, feed into her ideas about, um, about you know, denouncing BLM and all this type of thing, has no right to berate her in a hallway, not wear a mask, shout at her, all that type of thing. That's just unprofessional behavior. But the, the problem is not just Cory Bush and Marjorie Taylor Greene. It's really Republicans versus Democrats throughout the Capitol. 
best levin writes in vanity fair republicans can't believe democrats don't want to work with them just because of the guns and death threats and crack spot conspiracy theories um and in the article it says there's been a lot of talk lately about partisan rancor and claims by the gop that democrats talk a big big game about unity and then refuse to work across the aisle the left is actually in the unique position of having to explain to the world that it is not simply angry at the other side over ideological differences but because of the fact that it feels like republicans are literally a threat to their lives the enemy is within the House of Representatives, a threat that members are concerned about, in addition to what is happening outside, Nancy Pelosi said at a news conference on Thursday. That statement might have sounded over the top if you had no idea what's been happening in Congress of late, but was actually entirely appropriate given the violent coups, the guns, and the calls for Democrats to be killed. According to the Washington Post, some Democrats have purchased bulletproof vests and sought other protective measures against Republican colleagues they believe can't be trusted, an entirely reasonable response given what they're dealing with. This is a huge problem. Um... When you have a situation where um, you have legislators that cannot trust each other and are living in fear of their lives of each other, this is not a basis on which you can actually govern a country. Um, and Republicans have gotten so bad that they're, they're basically using intimidation and fear tactics in order to stop the national legislature from doing anything. They couldn't stop them at the ballot box. They couldn't stop them, you know, with voter suppression, all this type of thing. So now they're just trying to use fear and intimidation. Someone mentioned this on Twitter, and I thought it was interesting because it is a quite likely outcome due to Democrats' lack of activism in state legislature races is... This person on Twitter basically said, the Republicans are going to gerrymander the whole country. They're going to put in voter suppression tactics that will stop people from voting and basically rule the country as a minority party from 2024 on. And as bleak as that sounds, I can completely see how that outcome happens. Like, I totally get and understand how that would happen, how that would occur, mostly because it's already been the Republican playbook for the last 20 years. All it is is things that have already happened. It's just, they're, it's, they're, they're going to make it tougher this time. They're going to make it harder. They're going to make it stick. There's going to be less chance to stop it. Um, we're not going to be able to stop it in the courts because Trump appointed 400 federal judges in four years. <clears throat> um, it's a very different... Um, it's a very different dynamic sort of sort of thing, and uh, yeah, it's it's an odd, it's an odd odd sort of uh, it's not sort of di dynamic, but right now we have a situation where we have a group of people whose job it is to govern the country, and they don't trust each other for basic physical safety, and this is like this is this is basic. This is this is like basic human sort of thing if that makes any sense like the only way humans are able to work in cooperation um is by basically us agreeing that we're not going to kill each other that's it that's absolutely 110 percent it if you don't have that 
you basically don't have humans working together in a cooperative manner. This is a massive problem. And I find it very disturbing and deeply problematic that right now in Congress, we have a group of Republican legislators that are so taken by their own conspiracy theories and their own problems and all this type of thing that they are threatening fellow colleagues and fellow professionals in what should be a professional environment because they are basically stuck on stupid when it comes to the real facts of what is going on and stuck on crazy conspiracy theories and all this type of thing. They're so stuck in the weeds, they can't rise to being the state's people that they are supposed to be. They're not concerned with leading the country. They're not concerned with making America better. They are concerned with using government as a platform for their own crazy ideas. And it's it's dangerous. It's flat out dangerous. And it's going to be very awkward when someone dies because directly or indirectly, one of these crazy Congress people has done something truly frightening. And that even gets in to the Bobert woman from Western Colorado. Very embarrassed that she's from Colorado, but not surprised about the district she, she represents. There's a whole new class of Republican legislators who their job is not to go to Washington and help make the country better. Their job is to take these conspiracy theories and this very warped worldview into national government and try to force it on the rest of us and to try to use the levers of power to get what they want. And so now basically you have this system that cannot function because it is in conflict with itself. You know, how many more, you know, democratic legislators are going to go through threats and yelling and screaming like what Cory Bush had to go through? How much longer is this going to go on because you have, you know, no sense of leadership, no sense of national purpose, and no sense of of professionalism from these freshman Republican legislators. It's a huge problem. It's a huge problem. And I hope we escape this moment without anybody getting hurt. But I have a sneaky suspicion that's not going to be possible. I pr the, the days of us having violence in the U.S. Capitol are far from over. Um, new piece out on the Cameron Journal blog yesterday, um, Friday, January the 29th. It's called America's Cold Civil War. And I talk about how um, we are in a new civil war. Shots have already been fired. Um and how we're going to have flashpoints, but essentially we're in a cold civil war. We have two Americas going, and one side is not talking to the other. One side is not speaking to the other. And this means that we cannot move forward as a country. We cannot govern. We cannot do what we need to do to move forward, to, re to solve the problems that we have to solve, because we're basically in a cold civil war. And I don't know how this is gonna end out, settle out. I don't know who's gonna win. I don't know what exactly is going to happen, but the reality is right now we are in a cold civil war. So if you haven't read that piece already, I would encourage you to head over to CameronJournal.com and check that one out. The next story I wanna get to um, has to do with the GameStop AMC quote unquote meme stock scandal. 
Um, and then we'll circle back to the COVID relief bill because that is a disaster already. No surprise. And we have some news on impeachment, but we're going to stop at GameStop first. So if you're wondering what the hell is going on with GameStop and hedge funds and Wall Street bets on Reddit, um, buying the stock, basically what happened is Wall Street bets, which is a subreddit on Reddit, figured out that a hedge fund had a short position on GameStop. GameStop is ever so slowly going out of business. So they took out what's called a short position to basically make money on the downward trend of the stock. Now, usually when news gets around that shorts have been bought, this usually forces prices lower. When those prices get low enough, you sell your position and make a bunch of money. However, Short, sometimes you have to hold short positions for a while because sometimes prices will go up or they'll decline very slowly. This is what GameStop was doing. It wasn't It wasn't like just one day it burst out and that was it. Um, all of the financial crisis. It's just kind of been slowly declining over time. So this hedge fund was holding the short position, waiting for things to get low enough so they could sell their, um, they could sell their position. Now, for a long-term one like this, a smart hedge fund would have also bought the opposite of that trade, which is something that you, you know, which is if you have a put and a call depending on it going down, you would then buy a, a call and a put for it going back up. And then when you've made a sufficient amount of money on one, you cancel out the one that you bought to the opposite of your trade as insurance. So they didn't do that this time. They put all their money in the short position and was just waiting for the stock price to go down. So Wall Street bets organize their friends and all this type of thing to make, to do what's called a short squeeze, which is what happens if you have a short position depending on the stock going down, you can get squeezed if the stock price goes the other direction and you have to close out your position and return the shares that you borrowed in order to close out the position because you borrowed the shares to start with. So what it is, they forced the stock, the stock price of GameStop to go up and basically have liquidated a $13 billion hedge fund because this one trade went the wrong way. It didn't go the wrong way for any reason that GameStop was overperforming and doing so much better and making so much money. It went the wrong way just because a group of people decided to fuck the system, basically. And they're also doing that now with AMC, the movie company. Um, they're doing the same thing. This is going to lead to more regulation in the long term over this sort of thing to stop this from happening. But it's going to be a while before that happens, which basically leaves this kind of golden period where these traders can go along and pick stocks so they can get enough retail investors to throw money at it and jack up the price and forge these hedge funds out, you can, there's, there are a small group of people that will make a small amount of money in the sell-off of these positions. Most of the people involved will lose most of their money, but that's not even the point. One, this is not good market dynamics. Markets are not trading rationally right now in a variety of ways. Tesla should not have the valuation it does. They make shitty cars that don't work and not very many of them, and they don't make much money doing it. Not that you would know by their stock evaluation. GameStop is a company that's going out of business. It sells gaming products in brick-and-mortar retail stores. 
gaming's not doing that anymore. That's going out of business. AMC is not going to be able to recover their business until the COVID vaccine is in broad distribution, the pandemic basically ends, and movie studios are already starting to begin going around theatrical distribution by just charging high premium prices on streaming services. Movie theaters, as we know it, are going to be a lot smaller if they exist at all. What does this mean for us? All this means is that these people are jacking up stock prices basically just kind of screw the system over. Now, I will say, and I posted this on Twitter, I love the chaotic energy, okay? I love the chaotic energy of going after these hedge funds and going after this money. I mean, it's great chaotic energy. It's fun. And it's totally on track for 2021. And I think people have reached that certain state of fuck it where it's just kind of like, who cares? Like, you know, I'm poor. I don't really have that much to lose. It's whatever. I don't have, you know, you have people who don't have anything to lose, basically, who are willing to try and screw the big boys over. And maybe, just maybe, they make a nice chunk of change along the way. Maybe they don't. I think a lot of them don't care. At this point, it's just fun. It's sport. Here's what's, here's why it's bad. This is bad for markets because Markets are not trading rationally. And that means that when rationality does return, and it always does, stock prices are going to fall, retirement and pension funds are going to lose a fortune, the market will be adversely affected, people will get laid off, bad things will happen. This GameStop trade is only going to ever so slightly slow down the inevitable. The GameStop's going out of business. Same thing with AMC you have a situation where all they're doing is delaying the inevitable and getting a lot of amateur retail investors who have no actual clue what they're doing. There's a few at the top who started it that do know what they're doing. Um, everyone else has no clue what they're doing. Um, you know, just getting people involved in was basically a stock market, basically pump and dump scheme. Um, and there's going, there's going to be some regulation about it. Robinhood on Thursday night, um, did not allow anyone to buy more shares of GameStop or AMC, and they automatically closed out the positions of anyone who, who bought on margin. Um, they also automatically closed out, um, the positions of a bunch of other people, which has already generated a class action lawsuit, but I think they're going to find out when they read the EULA for Robinhood that Robinhood can do that. Um, particularly if you were trading on margin, which is the most insane way to buy equities in the history of ever. Um, supposedly there was also this kid who took out a second mortgage on his parents' house in their name in order to play this game. Again, this is insanity. This is insanity. People are crazy. But it's 2021 and after all this pandemic stuff, I'm not surprised. I've been waiting for people to go nuts. Here we are. Some folks, some people have gone nuts. They have. The day has come. Some folks have absolutely lost it. And this GameStop AMC meme stock scandal is just one example. And considering I just talked about how we're in a cold civil war and the meme stock, we have, we have a cold civil war, we have meme stocks, and we haven't even talked about impeachment. 
Oh, this week is so random. So, so random. It hurts my brain. <laughs> it hurts my brain. I hope you enjoyed the interview with DJ Lewis on Monday. Um, every Monday on the podcast for the near term, I will be having an interview with someone new. Um, I currently have interviews blocked out till March. So um, we have some great personalities, some great writers, and other interesting people coming up. Um, I am not sure who I have on Monday. Um, I could look real quick. But um, we have really interesting, interesting interviews with all sorts of people. Um, let's see. On Monday, 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 we have Book Marketing with Galadriel Grace. Yeah, that'll be a good one. Um, it's excellent discussion of how to market your book and all this type of thing. And the week following, we have Quinn Kaiser Cochran. That's a really good interview. But we have very interesting, interesting interviews coming up. Um, I just did another one yesterday. I have another one scheduled on Monday. Um, very interesting interesting people. Um, I'm also interviewing next Thursday Mikey Weinstein from the Military Religious Freedom Foundation, um, and we're going to talk about the Capitol Hill riots, among other things. So, um, every Monday, so keep the, if you're not already subscribed and watching the feed, please hit that subscribe button on the podcast app of your choice, um, and keep an eye on those interviews every Monday. So it's interviews every Monday, and then weekly podcast every Saturday. So um, season two of the Cameron Journal podcast will be coming out here soon. I'm currently doing research and writing scripts for all my scripted episodes. Um, you can go back and listen to season one, um, but those will be out um, here, here shortly. So let's move on to our dear friend, Impeachment. So Chuck Schumer has decided that the Senate impeachment trial of Donald J. Trump will begin on February 8th. Um, the Senate officially received the article of impeachment from the House. It was televised. Um, and while in the immediate aftermath of the January 6th disaster, there were Senate Republicans who were um, seeming to be a little bit on board with going after um, Trump for the second time. Um, in the, inter the intervening weeks, they have grown cold feet. Um, even Mitch McConnell, who had early on voiced his approval of impeachment and was possibly going to be a vote, has now seemed to sour on the idea. Are we surprised? No, we are not surprised. And I will tell you why. I don't think these Republican senators were ever that serious about impeaching Trump. As much as they want to drum him out of their own party just to get rid of him and convicting him would disqualify him from office, there are other people like Josh Hawley and Matt Gates who are talking about how you can't impeach someone after they have left office and they think it would set a dangerous precedent for the future of you know former presidents getting impeached indicted for things after they had left office. That being said, I would defy you to find me another president in American history who incited a riot of his supporters, pointed the anger at the Capitol, and tried to destroy democracy. Also, 
the only reason the Senate trial is taking place after Trump has left office because McConnell was still in charge at the time and McConnell did not bring the Senate back into session. The reality is this could have been done before Trump left office and Mitch McConnell stopped it from happening. Which, what does that tell me? McConnell was bluffing the whole time. He's like, well, you know, if we delay it and wait till after the inauguration, but the Democrats get in power, and by the time they get it together, and all this type of thing, he used the Senate schedule to make sure that Trump would be out of power by the time it happened, so that then they could say, well, Trump is out of power, what's the point of this impeachment? It's planned. That's politics, that's how this shit goes. It was planned to be that way. It was planned to get them off the hook. It was planned. And the sad thing is that you need 67 senators to convict Trump, which means you need 17 Republicans to cross over, and so far there are five. Which probably means this conviction's not going to happen. And I think we should just prepare ourselves for that. Um, if Trump, if and when Trump is ever held accountable for anything, it's going to be in the civil courts, it's going to be in the criminal courts. Um, particularly now with presidential immunity out of the way, um, SDNY and other places are going to have time to conduct some very thorough investigations and begin filing charges and indictments against Trump. Um, rumors have been circulating that those sorts of things are coming. I never say that there are indictments until they're actually released. Um, there were a lot of people at the height of the Mueller scandal who thought there were a bunch of 35 secret indictments for Trump. They never turned up. Lesson learned. Never trust an indictment until you have it in hand and can read it and it's been filed with the court. So, I'm not going to promise you that there are indictments. I'm just going to say there have been rumors of indictments. There are obviously crimes that have been committed. Therefore, their possibility exists that with a little bit of investigation, SDNY and other places may possibly take that course of action. We will see. When it happens, I will make sure to let you know. But as far as the impeachment and disqualifying Trump from future office, I have a sneaky suspicion that's going nowhere just because the Republicans already have cold feet. So, like I said, we're not surprised they have cold feet. Um, I, I do laugh that this time around they are asking for witnesses. When, when I read that, I'm like, well, that's you. You were at the Capitol riot. You are the witnesses. Like, <laughs> no need to fly them in. No need to you know, book them a hotel, like, that's, that's you, that's you call, that's you people, like, you all were there, <laughs> like, that's, you know, everybody was around, we all knew what happened, like, that's, that's you folks, um, so, if they're gonna demand witnesses, at least the witnesses won't have to travel very far, across the hall, really, to be kind of like, yes, I too, like you all, were cowering under my desk, that's how this witness testimony is going to go, and it's very, it's still shocking we almost lost the country. We almost lost democracy that day. That's still deeply disturbing to me. It still weighs on my heart. I think it's sad that we're not gonna get the actual leadership from Congress that is required to make it happen. And that's, that's quite depressing. That's quite depressing.
So it's um I wish we had the type of leadership that would stand up and put country above party and say this was wrong he might be our guy but this is wrong and we need to send that message and put a stop to him and to future people who think this is a good idea unfortunately i don't think it's going to happen and i think it's just because it's something that they i think that's something that a lot of people just don't want to happen well into the future you get a lot of this whole hand wringing about dangerous precedent you know they 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 don't want the embarrassment of it's their guy that's gotten disqualified from office it's their former president that's the one that can never ever seek public office ever again even though despite all the fact it's <laughs> of the four times five times that impeachment has been leveled in this country Republicans have been three of the five. Andrew Johnson was of the Union Party, which he was kind of a Democrat. Nixon was a Republican, but the impeachment never went through. The next one after that was Bill Clinton, Democrat. And then you've had Trump impeachment number one and Trump impeachment number two. I think there's a trend um, that we can extract from, from, all of, from all of this that, uh, yeah, we have a bit of a, a, bit of a problem. A bit of a problem. There is a Republican congresswoman who allegedly filed impeachment articles against Joe Biden, but that turned out to be a Facebook rumor. But it was entertaining for five minutes. Today, I want to wrap up with the COVID relief bill since we're talking about Congress and how broken Congress has been and how we're stuck in this kind of cold civil war. Um, President Biden was out... Um, was out uh, getting ready to go to Walter Reed to visit COVID relief workers and said that he would like to work with Republicans on a COVID relief bill, but ultimately a COVID relief bill has to be passed. Um, they will probably do it in budget reconciliation, which get ha gets past the Senate 60 vote rule because um, budget re reconciliation is an up or down simple majority vote, which Democrats can get just by getting their caucus to all vote for it. Um, but it, it was a very important sort of thing. There are people pushing for recurring stimulus checks because as part of the COVID relief bill, it's supposed to be another $1,400 in stimulus. There are people pushing for regular checks on that, which would be helpful. It would help people stay at home. It would help people from going out as much or just having to struggle. Um, President Biden did also extend the eviction moratorium for a while so people can keep their housing even if they're not exactly paying for it. Um... And uh, so that's the, the sad thing about this bill is it very much needs to happen. It very much needs to be done. Unfortunately, the partisan bickering that I talked about at the beginning of this episode is also plaguing getting COVID relief done, um, which is truly tragic. Truly, truly tragic. Money needs to get out to businesses. Money needs to get out to people. Um, Cities and states need money for vaccine rollout and implementation. Schools need money for reopening. President Biden has said he, he wanted a priority for schools to reopen because that's one of the biggest things that would help, especially working class people, is having their kids be able to go to school so they don't have a child care crisis. Um, all those sorts of things. That is um, all a part of this legislation. So will Congress be able to get its 
act together long enough to make it happen. I think ultimately on this, if the Republicans are intractable, Democrats will probably do everything they can to force it through on their own. Um, and again, this is just such poor governance. Like, it's just sad. Like, the whole situation, it's sad, it's depressing, it's frustrating, it's not good governance, it's bad for the country, it's bad for the future, it's bad for precedent. It's just, it's just depressing. And, and of course, this is all happening in the middle of the death threats, the vest, impeachment, and they're trying to do COVID relief. Congress is the most broken, I think it has been, since the Southern representatives and senators walked out at the beginning of the Civil War. And that's why I say we are indeed in a new cold Civil War. It's not necessarily armies in the field fighting back and forth. It is not like that. But we're in a cold civil war with a lot of people in this country who are unwilling to accept democracy and unwilling to deal with the fact that not everybody agrees with them and that not everybody wants to go along with their own unique quote-unquote, unique view of the world. And that not everybody just wants to leave people to their own devices. And if they, you know, can't manage to be able to support themselves through a pandemic, then they should just go die somewhere. Um, that's just, you know, that that's... I've, I've said for a while, part of the problem in this country is we have two very divergent worldviews going on at the same time. And now that all has come to a head, and it's coming to a head at the United States Congress... Things are going to get messy. Things are going to get hard. This is not going to be good. And I just hope that we have the wherewithal to survive it. I don't, I don't know what that looks like. I don't know how we get out of this. I don't know how we come back together as one country. Um... I'm so disturbed by the fact that I thought it was going to be many years before this. I knew this day would come, but I didn't think it would happen now. And I'm still adjusting to that fact. And it's, it's at the place where it's not necessarily affecting our daily lives as of yet. But here soon it will. You know, here soon it's going to adversely affect people. There are real things that need to happen in this country. We need to fix infrastructure. We need universal childcare. We need universal pre-K. Um, you know, we need universal head start for small children. We have things that people need. And we have a party who doesn't want to vote for them because it might help poor people. It might help someone who's brown. And they don't want that. They don't want to pay for it. They don't want to have anything to do with it. They want their quote-unquote freedom, which in this country means the freedom to die without health care, the freedom to starve, you know, the, you know, the, the freedom to, you know, be unable to make your own reproductive choices, you know, the freedom to randomly reproduce whether you like it or not. And that's not freedom. That's just slavery with a different name. And regardless of all the news stories that we've looked at today, be that impeachment, with the exception of the GameStop thing, but, you know, be that impeachment or the Cory Bush, Marjorie Green, or the Lowen Boebert woman or all this type of thing, all of it has to do with, these are all flashpoints in this civil war of people who just don't want 
people who don't look, sound, and act like them to have anything. They are trying to shut a whole swath of the country out of the promise that is America. And I very truly do not know how we come back from that. I don't. I wish I had an answer. I really do. I, I, I wish I did because then I could say, here's how we do this and here's how we come out of it and here's what we can do and it'll be great. I don't have an answer for this. We are in uncharted waters, as near as I can tell. Um, and the moment calls for us to rise to the occasion and do the unfinished work of reconstruction to f fix all the broken parts of our economy, to fix the broken parts of our country, to come out of this pandemic stronger than when we went into it. And there's just no will for that right now. It's just not there. And I think that is incredibly frustrating. On top of, now stocks can get memed. <laughs> we are four weeks into 2021 and the world truly has lost its mind. So anyway, I'm going to keep this short. This is another kind of random podcast, but I tried to have a little bit more of a format for you folks. Um, catch me on Twitter at Cameron Cowan. I'm always writing and sharing interesting things. Uh, like me on Facebook, of course, Instagram. Um, and don't forget to write in, ask questions. I love answering fan questions. And uh, look for that interview on Monday with Galadriel Grace about book marketing. I will talk to you guys next week. That's all for this episode of the Cameron Journal Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Visit us online at CameronJournal.com. We're on Facebook. Twitter and Instagram and I love to talk to my followers and listeners so please feel free to uh, get us on social media at Cameron Cowan on Twitter and we'll see you next time on the Cameron Journal podcast.